It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. This is Ace Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away back, gone! Go hey, It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Can you believe it? It's September. Unreal. One month of baseball left, and we got a great show for you on this Friday. Coming to you from the NBC Sports Studios in San Francisco, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics, David Forrest, is going to join us in moments One of my all-time favorite guys that I've ever covered with the A's, Johnny Gomes, is going to be here. And then Johnny is going to be here at 4.45 and then at 5.30. Oh, I see it's 4.45 or 5-ish. He just texted me. He's here, but he doesn't have his key fob. But Johnny Gomes is on on, uh, premises. Johnny Gomes is on Johnny Gomes time. So when Johnny Gomes gets here, Johnny Gomes will be on the program. And then we'll have the Mark Kotze show, which we have every single Friday. He is going to be here at 5.30. I was hoping that today would be the day that we would have the David Force takeover. I was hoping today this would be the, this would be <laughs> Ace Cast Live. This would be the David Force talk show. David, how are you? If you had stayed on site here at the Coliseum, Chris, I would have filled in and taken over. I Brody Brazil might be the most injured broadcaster. I mean, you'd be cutting him how many times he's been on the IL this year. I got the call. I wanted to be there today. I wanted you to open the show, but uh, maybe we'll get that uh, for the next homestand, the final homestand. Hard to believe, right? It's September 1st. It is, yeah. I was, well, first, I shouldn't laugh at Brody. I've spent more time in the training room as an exec than uh, than most people do as a player. So uh, I hope Brody gets well. But, uh, yeah, it's finally <laughs> September. A couple extra players here today, yeah. a couple of extra roster spots and some, some playoff races in the minor leagues to keep tabs on. So, yeah, we got one, one month left. I like how you mentioned that. I wasn't going to go there, uh, but I like how you mentioned the minor leagues because – do you think there is something about your minor league guys learning how to win and tasting it, feeling it, understanding it together that helps play up here with the big club? There's no doubt about it. That w- winning is a big part of development. Keith, Keith Lipman, 
always said that from the day I got here. Keith talked about that in the minor leagues. Um, there's there's a lot of evidence of groups that came up through our system together, winning. You know, none none better than the the Pinder Olson Chapman group that won at almost every level coming up. Um, and it is it's an important thing. And, and you put guys in situations down there, uh, late in games or, or whatever, you know, in pressure situations now. And, you know, in AAA, they're playing in front of big crowds in most cities. And uh, it's a big part of development. So I love the fact that Vegas is one game out behind Round Rock in the, the second half here. They they walked it off in the 10th inning last night to to pick up a game. And, and those guys are getting to experience a playoff race. You know, sometimes you just wonder, like September calls, we were used to just the whole band coming up, and now it just doesn't work that way. You get two guys, Soderstrom and Long. Was this a was this a, a tough conversation, or was it an easy one for these moves? Well, I, I think it's going to be fluid over the course of the month. I, you know, I think we'll we'll try and get a look at a, a number of guys, frankly. So, uh, no, it was important to us to get Tyler back here. Um, you know, make sure he starts getting at bats at the big league level again. Sam, you know, Sam went down after that game in Washington, but he did a nice job for us all season and gives us some length and, and another left-handed option out of the pen. But um, but I think our roster will continue to, to be fluid over the course of the month and make sure we get a look at, at some guys. I, I know a lot of people like to ask about Brad Harris and Daryl Hernandez. Uh, shortstop and third baseman down in Vegas. I mean, Hernandez has been ripping it up. Could we potentially see those two? They're in the conversation for sure. I think uh, the two of them, along with with Max Schumann, uh, who's had a nice year. Those are you know those are some of the guys we've talked about. Kyle McCann has done a great job behind the plate there. So all those guys have come up at some point over the course of the season. Um, and certainly on the the pitching side as well, you know, Chad Smith is back healthy pitching down there. Uh, be nice to get him an opportunity up here again. And then you've got the two guys who were just promoted, Joey Estes and Joe Boyle, who um, have done done nicely in their first couple AAA opportunities. And, and you never know uh, if there's a spot for them up here. Yeah, a lot of noise about those two guys. Obviously, Estes came over in, from the Atlanta Braves, and then Boyle, who you recently got, the big kid out of Notre Dame. Everybody's loving these two names and what's going on. Well, Boyle, Boyle's arm is hard not to like. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fastball up to 100. It's two different breaking balls, uh, and he's done a great job. And, and Joey is, is kind of the ultimate competitor. You know, we saw it a little bit at Lansing this year, but he really took a step forward in Midland this year, and, um, and he's, he's kept it going in AAA. So um, his development this year has been outstanding. You know, when you look at guys on the big club right now, I have to ask you about Shea Langoliers. There just looks like something different. I mean, not only is he hitting the home runs, but he's just – he's hitting the ball harder. I know he's had a lot of different pitchers he's had to deal with this year, but let's just talk about the confidence you're seeing from him at the plate. He had a great road trip. I mean, it started when we were still at home last week, and I think he spent – Spend some time in the cage. I know he's working with a bunch of different guys in the clubhouse and trying, you know, trying to get his swing down. Um, and obviously, when, as soon as you see results on the field, it, it's really rewarding to the player for the extra work put in. But, but you're right. Shea's had a lot thrown at him. His first full season, uh, I, I've lost track. Twenty something different pitchers he's had to work with. Maybe, in, maybe in the 30s by now. I don't know. But, um, but he's got a lot on defense to deal with, and and it is has been really nice to see, you know, not only power, but 
just getting his hits, hitting the ball the other way and, and doing the things we knew he was capable of. I mean, think about that. There's not many guys that have played catcher for the Oakland Athletics and hit 20 home runs in a season. I think he's going to get there. That That's a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah, it really is. Again, in his first full season and, and, you know, coming in this year, a lot of pressure to fill some big shoes that Sean Murphy left behind. And, you know, as we've talked about, it's not not entirely fair to expect young players to to have this sort of linear progression. They're going to go up and down. And uh, and but it's been nice to see Shea the last couple of weeks. Everybody, we all know how excited it was. Everybody was for Lawrence Butler. Can't wait for him to come up now that we've gotten to see him enjoy him he's a hell of a kid what are your thoughts so far seeing him at the big league level well a couple things i mean we you see the power i mean the two balls he's hit out have been absolute no doubters and you know you know that's in there um he's not getting overmatched at the plate um you know he's got his share of strikeouts i know he took a walk finally the other day um but he's having good at bats and he's handled center field really well. I think that's that's as impressive as anything to come up here. You know, he played all three positions in the minor leagues, but frankly was primarily a corner guy in Midland because Denzel Clark was playing a lot of center field. Um, and to handle center field as well as he has has been really great. You know, you mentioned walks, and we all love walks, but you can see how a young player comes up. He's very anxious. It's tough to have guys be patient when they first come up. No doubt. No doubt. That's the hardest thing. Guys want to prove that they belong here. They want to, you know, make some fireworks happen right away. And they're they're anxious to swing and get their hits. But um, but Lawrence is settling into having some really good bats. You know, when you, when we talk about guys finishing the season, finishing strong, and even if you're not playing well, still just understanding what that grind is. So when you go into the off season, you know how to now prepare yourself physically and just as as important as important mentally getting ready for the 2024 season. Just talk about what you talk about with the manager, what you talk about with the players about why finishing the season the right way is so important. It is. And we, we don't have many guys on this team that have played all the way to October 1st. So this is going to be, it's going to be an important month for them. Obviously, you know, not playing for a playoff spot, um, trying to get as many wins as possible, though. But but really finishing strong, finishing healthy um, from the pitching standpoint, you've seen the wear on these guys and the starters who've posted just about every time out and, and the toll that it takes. So it's important, you know, for hopefully, you know, seasons soon to come where we're playing meaningful baseball in September. It's important that these guys experience that. We were all kind of shocked, and if you go look, like not too long ago, no one was talking about waivers anymore. No one was saying, like, hey, there's going to be teams dumping guys, trying to get under luxury tax. It was kind of shocking, and it kind of surprised a lot of people. What was your thought process when just take the Angels alone, how many guys that they end up losing? They have seven new guys showing up to the ballpark today. Yeah, we we joked yesterday that this was going to be an entirely new roster we're uh, we're facing for the Angels, but you know I was a little surprised that they, they did that just because you know they kind of went all in at the deadline and and made some moves, traded some prospects. It didn't work out, and and I guess you can't blame them for for pivoting and changing directions a little bit. But it's an int- you know interesting part of today's game when you you can't make those trades. You know, for a team that's looking, you know, maybe to cut bait a little bit, that was kind of their only option. 
Yeah, is this something that we're now going to be looking right before September, you think, here in the upcoming future? Like, hey, who's going to who's gonna start putting people out there on waivers? We thought you couldn't get any more players. Well, here now you have a possibility to get guys to help you for the stretch run, even in the postseason and, and maybe the World Series. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it happens on a smaller scale. We, you know, we, we obviously moved Ramon on waivers after July 31st to the, the Guardians. Um, I, I'm not sure this is going to become the norm. Um, you had a team in a unique situation there in Anaheim, but um, but it is it is always a possibility. For, for your young players, how important has it been to play in front of some really good crowds? I mean, we can talk about San Francisco, talk about down at Dodger Stadium, Coors Field had big numbers, uh, just what they got to see in Seattle where everybody's so fired up about the Mariners and they're so hot. What does that do for the young players to get that kind of experience? I'll tell you, it was, it was the first thing that Cots mentioned to me after the game Tuesday night in Seattle that we won three to one, um, huge crowd. And when I talked to him after the game, the first thing he said was, man, it was so good for our guys to, to be in that environment and, and learn how to come out successful. Uh, you know, obviously we didn't score after the second inning, but our pitchers did a great job holding on. Bullpen did a nice job. Trevor closed it out. Um, but for, for them to just be there, experience that, um, and all those other places that you've mentioned, they've gone through it. It is, it, it's a whole part of development. You don't think about development at the big league level that much, but that's what we're doing. I I have to do it in the post game show where I have to separate wins and losses compared to what's good for the future of the team. And that's just me. What's it like for you where you're about wins and losses, but yet, mm-hmm. you know, you got to keep your eye on the prize and that's the future. Yeah. That's been the balancing act all year is, is taking, taking the development wins quote, because they're they're not the same as as actual wins, um, but taking some of those those wins away and the positives away, um, but still hoping we get our share of Ws. We know Ruiz is a special talent. We've seen him now moved around. We've seen him in left. We've seen him in right. You know, now that you've seen him throughout almost an entire season, where are you with him in his development? Well, there are certainly things that he does really well, um, and we've seen him impact the game on the base paths. We saw earlier in the season, you know, his ability to hit with runners in scoring position. Um, and now he's actually, you know, he's playing well in the corner. He's made a great catch in right field in Chicago a few days ago. Um, he can, you know, run down the ball in left field with Lawrence playing center. So, you know, I think the adjustment is going to have to come at the plate. Obviously, um, you know, we haven't seen him get on base the way you would typically see a leadoff hitter or a guy at the top of the lineup and um, or drive the ball the way we think he's capable of doing. So there are some adjustments to make at the plate, but there's there's no doubt there are different ways he can impact the game. I'm not going to ask you about any of your pickleball injuries, but uh, Freddie Tarnock, he had hip surgery, and we're hearing that he'll be good to go for spring training. That's that's the plan. Yeah, tough, uh, kind of a tough year for Freddie starting – you know, starting with the issues in, in spring training related to thoracic outlet, he was able to sort of battle through that and came back and had a few good outings and kind of yeah. showed us what what he's capable of. But, um, you know, went on the IL with the, the calf issue that turned out was kind of you know related to, to the hip. And once we went in there and did the MRI, he clearly needed to have a procedure done. So, yeah, Freddie's shelved for the rest of the year, but hope is he's good for spring training, and we've we've seen a little bit of what he's capable of doing. 
Does does somebody like Freddie and knowing that you have a lot of different young guys that are going to be available for spring training? It's like Freddie excites me. I, I his arm, no question. Do you have that kind of? I know we got a long way to go till then, but that yeah. like you're going to have a lot of guys battling for spots. We are, we are. I, I need a couple of days of off season first, but then I'll be excited <laughs> about spring training. Um, and yeah, well, you know, again, the more information we've gathered on guys, the more we've seen what they're capable of, the more it excites you about where they're headed, where the organization is headed, and how we sort of fill out this puzzle going forward. Well, we're going to be calling you the day after the season because we're we're going to start our spring training roster. We just want to let you know uh, we'll be calling you. Uh, Johnny Gomes is one of my favorite guys that I've ever covered with the A's. I'll never forget that we get back from Japan, and he was my first interview for the pregame show uh, on American soil for 2012. And he yeah. says to me, he goes, we're going to win this division. And I'm doing the interview going, oh, really? I mean, are you sure about that? And I just think about what a great leader Johnny Gomes was. What do you remember about Johnny Gomes as an Oakland Athletic? I remember his robe, first and foremost. He wore that <laughs> he wore that yellow robe in the uh, clubhouse with his number on the back and ended up getting him for a bunch of guys. But, but I, you know, I remember his presence in the clubhouse and his ability to affect the energy and the enthusiasm in there. And, and like you said, he, he was a leader on and off the field. Um, you know, even the later years of his career, he, he impacted clubs that way because, because he brought experience and, and some presence and he was, he was a, always a fun guy to have around. No doubt about it. Hey, great stuff. And we'll talk to you soon. You'll be well, and, and hopefully we'll see these minor leagues team, these minor league teams, especially our guy, Fran Reardon in Vegas, bring it home. No doubt. No doubt. Thanks, Tony. Talk to you soon. See ya. David Force, David Force show right here on A's Cast Live. I'm glad Cody sent showed me his phone. Freddie Tarnock, yeah, we saw that. I like what I saw out of Freddie. And big guy, big arm. You know, you got to start thinking about okay, what what gets you excited? What gets you up? What gets you excited? Like this guy right here. Oh wait, this guy, this guy gets you excited right here. Ricky Henderson. So you got to find a bunch of dudes like this. Can you find this guy again? Probably not. But you got to find guys that can play. And that's where we are. That's where everybody is. I'm reading the notes today. I just I, I wanted to hold this up because obviously when you're looking at 64 and 70 against 39 and 95, you're not looking at like a, a barn burner here. But there is so much news going out about the Angels. It's really hard to keep track. So I'm going to show you the notes from today. And we're here at NBC, so I grabbed a green highlighter for A's, and the only other color they had was pink. So so usually I do blue or, or, or yellow for the other team. I always do green for the A's. Just look how much pink. This is the notes today from MLB because everything is about Angels moves. It's insane. They've got seven players showing up today. Mark Gubazar, Buddy Gooby, great Kansas City Royal, part of the Kansas City Royals Hall of Fame, World Series champion, now now does Angels Television, has been a good friend of this program for years. He was like, I got, there, there's all kinds of, they got so many players showing up, we couldn't have them on today. They, they got so much going on. Giolito, Lopez, Moore, all claimed by the Guardians. Hunter Renfro's going to the Reds. Who, who else did they lose? I think Dominic Leone's on Yeah, Mariner. Mariner. 
Um, so the deal was, and we talked about this the last time we were on the air on Wednesday's Cast Live, is however you, I mean, it's, it's a dumpster fire. We know it's a dumpster fire. But what they wanted to do, and it kind of reminds you of what the Mets were doing at the trading deadline. By the way, Cody, how are you? You're you are you going to come around here? Oh, I, yeah, I, I didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, give me a second. Um, but I'm good. I'm good. It's you know we're we're supposed to be at the Treehouse, and here we are in NBC. But you know, sorry about that. We're promoting Treehouse, but you know, you know we're, we're able Omaha. To, we're able to adjust, but you know, better than anyone because of our what we're able to do. So the they basically shed about five point seven million. And that got them under the luxury tax, whichever. I don't know which threshold. I didn't look that up because there's four. It was, what, is it three or four? I think it's three. So they got under one of the – they got under one of them. And so they're not going to – because what ends up happening is not only the, the, money, the huge money that you give up, but they were going to have – one of their first – they're going to have their 2024 first-round pick move back 10 spots. So now they don't lose that. It goes back to normal. Now, you got to think they've got a chance at one of the top six spots in the draft with this horrible record because now we got a, a lottery system going. So that was going to be moved back 10 spots. So there, there, are, there are reasons why you want to be not only just money, but there's reasons why you want to be under certain parts of the luxury tax. I mean, crazy. And, you know, hard to believe the last time we were talking about the Angels was April. Like, you forget. It's been a long time since the A's. This is the first meeting since April. The Angels have won five of seven against the A's. They've outscored them 54 to 27. But since the August 1st trade deadline, think about it. They dealt away five of their top ten prospects. They've had the worst record in the American League since the trading deadline at 8-19. and 19. And they still have Shohei Otani, and that's not even the story anymore. Who could have believed that we went from, what are you going to do about Otani? How are you going to sign Otani? Generational player. He's the MVP. This Otani, Otani, every I mean, my buddy, my golf partner, Simon, is over in Japan right now, and he's like, oh, my God. It's like that's all they talk about. Shohei Otani has taken over Major League Baseball and the entire country of Japan. This guy is an international star. He's leading the American League in home runs, runs, on-base percentage, slugging. So if you have those two together, you get – OPS. There, yeah, you are quick today. I, mean, I, think, I thought you were trying to give me to add up the numbers. You are quick today. Uh, total bases he leads in. By the way, he's 95 RBIs. He's too shy of uh, Tucker and Garcia. So for the AL lead, you could kind of, kind of think about with 28 games left. I'm not sure where everybody is, but there are roughly about 28, 29 games left for everybody. He's at 307. Yandy Diaz is at 327, but the problem is Corey Seager is soon going to qualify, and he's hitting 346. So it's bye-bye Shoei for triple, for triple crown. But to, even though the torn UCL and not having surgery and he's going to play through it, he's still having an amazing year, could still be the MVP, and we're not even talking about it anymore. We're talking about 
who are the random guys getting off the buses playing for the Angels today, right? When the bus pulls up on the other side of the Coliseum from where we go in, where the A's go in and the rest of us go in, they come in on the other side. Can you imagine you're the photographer for the Angels if they had one on the road going, who are – or we could quote, was it Major League yeah. Two? Who the blank are these guys? We used to always play that for the Giants. Who are these – Bleeping guys. Who are these bleeping guys? Some of the guys that they caught up were on the roster earlier this year, and they then they and they're calling up. Richick, by the way, who they put on waivers is still here. He's in the lineup today. Yeah, no came one, over from the Rockies he, in that trade. He went unclaimed. Uh, it's worth the day to put CJ Crone on waivers. The guy, one of the guys they got in the deal. At the, my my favorite, one of my my, I'm hoping fate my future business partners finally back. Logan Ohapi. I've got big plans for Ohapi in a brewery. We can make a lot of money. There's a couple breweries already done. I was, someone was just at Angel Stadium in July. No, There's we're a, not doing – excuse me, not a brewery. I pop, we're pubs. Yeah. Logan Ohapi. Ohapi's pub. If he's a star for the Angels all over Orange County, we have Ohapis. There's like a, there's, I can't be the only guy thinking about this. No, and there's two breweries down there by the Angel Stadium right now. It's, we need uh, to tell David Force to trade for him. I could have Ohapis all over the Bay Area. I think we've fallen out of love with catchers. I don't know. We haven't really acquired any recently. It's not about the catching. <laughs> it's about the name. Oh, we got plenty of catchers. We got plenty of catchers. Yeah, one of them's back up now on Tyler Soderstrom. Yeah, Susak playing well. McCann's doing really well in AAA, too. He's a college kid. but Hey, how many catchers can you play in one game? Uh, last time I checked, unless they changed the rules in the last day, it's uh, uh, one. Oh, that's great. All right, yeah. <laughs> If you got five quarterbacks, that means you have none. Oh, wow. I need one. Well, those shots of Kyle Shanahan saying you have four quarterbacks? Or, well, now they have three. Well, he's got. We got three. Well, he's three. They still have Brandon Allen. Big oh, Brandon Allen what guy. Happened, what happened to the fourth guy? Oh, Lance, he's a oh, Dallas Cowboy. What? You got ready <laughs> of the guy you traded three first-round picks? Well, you didn't technically trade three first-round you like traded one for one and then traded two first-rounders, right? I'd have to, I thought it was they traded three first-rounders. I thought they traded their first round to move up. Well, yeah, and then two they first do, rounds. I, I saw someone tweeted, two future first round. Picks. I saw someone tweeted too, and it was like, either way the guys they got the guys that Dolphins got, and thanks to those trades, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and there's one other player. I think Jalen Ramsey maybe. So out of <laughs> out of those picks, they turned it into two great offensive players, and uh, well, he's Ramsey's hurt, but they would have got a, had a great defensive player as well. Football kicks off next Thursday. College football already kicked off. Spartans, Oregon State on Sunday. That's going to be great. Was that game last night? I got home from playing golf. That game last night. Which one? I was using Nebraska them. against Minnesota was awful. Awful. Uh, Nebraska. I mean, Big Matt, Ten. Your Big Ten. Your Big USC UCLA Big Ten is in uh, Stanford UCLA. I mean Stanford Cal going to the ACC. It's official. Even though I want you to know this, because I know we have a lot of Cal Bear people out there. This thing's a disaster. So, if you think that, whew, we're saved, you're not. It's a disaster. Oh, thank you for that. Um, Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina all voted no for Stanford and Cal to go in the ACC. They are all at some point going to get up. and. So, if you think women, I, I saw someone put, because women's basketball is so strong at Stanford. But you think for what it's going to mean of how this is horrific. And then you're going to have the big boys of the con- conference bolt. I don't know when they can, but man. And then th- then where is that going to leave Stanford and Cal? 
Well, I, I told you that the one thing we can look forward to starting next year is the ACC Big Ten showdown between UCLA and and uh, Cal and Stanford and USC. I'm not going to let you bring me down. When I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Cal Wake Forest every year in football. It's going to be a good one. What about Stanford Boston College? That, I, that, I've dreamt about that matchup. That's Elway versus Doug Flutie. Going to be some great matchups in the Bay Area. <laughs> College football. San Jose State still normal, by the way. Uh, these are great numbers by from our, our buddy Sarah Langs. Since the start of the 2012 season, okay, we remember 2012, magical year. We'll have Johnny Gomes in here in just a little bit. We're on Johnny Gomes' watch. He's in the building. Like a hurricane. Let me see if he texts me, actually. It's like a hurricane. You don't know. He's going to come in here. We're, by the way, we're, in the, we're not in our normal spot. We got kicked out because of Mike Kruko is here, and he's going to be doing the game. Giants are down in San Diego. So we're in an actual conference room with the great Ricky. God, I keep dropping this pen. With the great Ricky Henderson behind us. Look how strapped this guy is. Well, he's a great football player. Look at the vein. I mean, can you see? I mean, the veins, you probably can't see. But you see the veins and the forearms, just the legs. I mean, he's straight strapped. He looked like he could roll out and rush for 1,000 yards. It was, apparently, he was a good football player. What I've heard. Is anybody gonna say Ricky wasn't good at something? I wonder if Ricky was good at golf. I wouldn't put it past him. Probably. I bet Ricky Anderson rolls out of bed and he's pretty much good you, at it. Do you anything. think do you think Ricky and David Force could play pickleball and Ricky would be David Force? David Isn't Force that be- sad that our general manager can't stay healthy because of pickleball? <laughs> Does that worry you? We need to get in on their pickup basketball games in, in spring training. Does that worry you? That our general manager can't can't get through a pickleball games. He's not that old either. He's only in his forties, right? He's an Ivy League guy, He's soft. All right, since the start <laughs> of two thousand and twelve, eighty nine percent of the teams—that's pretty high. Ninety three of one hundred and four that held at least a share of the postseason that held at least a share of a postseason spot entering September have made the postseason. Now, if we go back, Texas, if you remember when the A's tracked them down in 2012, Texas still made the wild card game. A's were not in a postseason spot at the time. There have been three years in which every single team was entered September with a postseason spot, ended up making it. 2015, 2017, and last year. Since 1996, 125 of 156, for you math majors, that's 80.1%, eventual division champions held at least a share of their division lead entering September 1st. What does that mean? Other than it's just numbers that we're reading. What does it mean? It means you don't want to have to play Harry Houdini at the end of the year to get in. You don't want to back yourself into a position that the 2012 team backed themselves into. Now, it was great, and we all remember it as the greatest season. It was so much fun. But that's not what you want. And that's why all the people who try and sell you at the beginning of the year that when the team loses, ah, it's okay. Oh, it's early. No. Because look how many teams it was early for. It was early for the Mets. It was early for the Yankees. Actually, the Yankees didn't get off to a bad start. It was early for the Padres. It was early. I wrote a great stat about the Yankees and Mets today. This will be the first time ever that they both finished in last place in the same season. 
Is it for sure? I mean, if the Red Sox the Red Sox haven't been playing great either. They can't be that far back. Me, I, we had the day off today. I didn't. I'm gonna look at the standings right here. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I'm choking. Yeah, both teams have never finished in last place in the same season. That was according to Jason Stark's article in the Athletic. It's pretty impressive. Don't think the Red Sox are out of it yet. Last place. What's their record? They're 69 and 65. Hold on. I swallowed air. You okay? Your eyes are no. starting to water. Should we take a break to clear? <clears throat> Red Sox have lost four in a row. So they could easily finish in the last. I know the Yankees are under 500, though. Yeah, I know, but they're, they were only a four-game difference. Yankees are caught up the, pro- the future, though. The Martians here. You're trying to tell me a four-game difference can't be made up in 28 games for last place? Well, how many times they play each other still, too? It doesn't matter. It's only four games. Boston has been getting hammered by people. They got beat up by Houston. They got beat up by L.A. I don't know what their remaining schedule looks like, but they have not been playing good baseball. If they're on Sunday night baseball, Yankees, Red Sox, do they get flexed out for someone else? If you showed right now – this would be – you want to talk about a revolt? If, if they showed Yankees-Red Sox right now where they are at the end of the season, it would just show you how incompetent people are at promoting our game. Uh, I can, let me look and see if I can find this. There's no schedule. way. No way. I don't think they're playing each other. I haven't even looked at the notes today who they're playing. But if they're playing each other, Yankees or Astros. Oh, Yankees – Yankees Astros. I know they're the. Oh yeah, yeah. Yankees Astros Sunday night baseball. Ooh, Verlander against Rodon tonight. Oh yeah, how's that Rodon signing working out for the Yanks? He's one and four with a five point nine seven ERA. Hey, how much? Let, let's let's give our 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 neighbors a little love. They literally have lucked out on signing guys. And it's been like the biggest blessing. Correa, Judge, Rodon. No, no, I wouldn't say Judge. Well, they had a better chance at Arson. Um, Arson, Judge. I mean, Judge is going to be the Judge. Judge, Judge will live up to that contract. Oh yeah. Uh, who else have they? You're missing it. So Rodon. Oh, Joe, John Carlo. No. Who did they miss? It like people that they could have signed. So you got Rodon. Yeah. Got Correa. Yeah. Who's the other one? Shortstop or just anywhere? Did I say shortstop? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think who other big free agent was this offseason. I mean, Rodon was like the big pitcher. Who said it was this offseason? Oh. Who's the guy that they brought in? He was going to be a big part of their future potentially. Drawing a blank. Chris Bryant. Oh. <laughs> Think about that. You mean the guy who had his first home run at Coors Field this year? You think about how the Giants have escaped some bad contracts. Now, I would have loved them to sign those contracts. Can you imagine if this was year one of 13 with Carlos Correa, how much fun we'd have ripping the Giants for that? So the Giants technically have escaped some really bad contracts. You're right. I I guess I could say the the other side of the coin would be 
the Twins are in first place and in a, and leading their division, where the Giants are fighting for a wild card. Same. Correa's not having a great year, but the Twins are. I I don't get that logic. Well, we're saying that they lucked out on not getting Correa, but the the Twins sign brought back Correa and they're in first place. So. Who knows so what? Where, who knows where the Giants would have been if they signed Correa? We have no idea. Well, he hasn't played the whole season. No. Well, most guys don't play a whole And a the lot. American League Central is like the worst division in the history oh, of Oh, are you going to go if the Giants played in the AL Central, they'd, they'd win the division? No, I'm just saying, like, if you had Correa signed to a 13-year deal, which, by the way, the Twins don't have him signed to a 13-year deal. What is this? What was it? Six? Ah, six yeah, that's six not that. I mean, you, Your comparison is not even sniffing apples to apples. This is – the Giants lucked out big time on Correa not having that issue with the X-ray. Big time. They'd have 12 more years. Do you guys realize how, tw- how much 12 more years is? I'll be f- late 40s. I mean, whatever your birthday is and whatever your age is, think after this year, 12 more years that would have been Carlos Correa. And you're saying, oh, well, the Twins kind of lead this, uh, the American League Central. No, Come not kind of. They are leading the Central. Congratulations. Although, the, although the Guardians are com- are going for it. The getting... worst division in the history of baseball. You got a measly five-game lease against my Guardian. How about my Guardians? Terry Francona. Could be, the, could be his last year. And they picked up a bunch of guys. Giolito. I'm excited. Can they fix Giolito? And they couldn't fix Syndergaard. No one claimed him, by the way. No acclaim Syndergaard? No. Ah, Man, he'd be, like you said. Should have asked David Forrest about that. Why do we not get Syndergaard? You need innings. We signed Harvey before. Why not bring in Syndergaard? And then down well, the road. I told you, you with the Harvey. And then, then you can bring back, you can bring in Zach Wheeler, and you can have all the, get the Grom at the end. The Dark Knight thing was a favor to Scott Boris. He didn't even make a pass. He was just in Vegas, right? He never, he never yeah. even made it. It was just. He was never speak, officially an A. Can you sign the guy, get him under contract, get him pitching? That was a. Billy Bean, David Force kind of bro deal, which came back. As you know, you scratch my back. I'll scratch your back. Here is Shintaro Fujinami, bro deal. They've been doing that with this guy for a long, long time. Smart business, right? Wouldn't you say it's smart business? Yeah. All right, I'll take Harvey, sign him. He's got major issues, but we'll put him in AAA and that, you know. Look, Boris returned the favor. He'll return the – it's a good old boys club. They'll return the favor. I feel like I see Fuji pitching all the time for the Orioles. I feel like every game or every other game, every time I see an Orioles highlight, it's Fuji pitching. So they're they're you, they're you maximizing that full that deal he got for sure, especially with the bullpen. That's I thought of, he was going to be a great starter. Yeah. Well, the first couple of starts were – if that was any indication, I don't think he's ever going back to being a starter. But this is a fun time. This is the best time of year to me is this stretch run – End October, playoffs, and NFL football and college football going at the same time. So it is a great time, and we're not only that we're watching a his, potentially a historic uh, NL MVP race. Oh too. my God! I mean, how about Acuna gets married, shows up, hits a grand slam, and he's the first thirty sixty guy. Yeah, that's impressive. Mookie Betts hit four fifty five in August, with ten uh, eleven home runs and thirty runs driven in. 
You got Freddie Freeman who has 51 doubles, trying to be the first player since 1936 to have 60. Are we even? Are we even talking about those guys? Is, is Olson and Freeman even in? Olson could hit 50. I think he's on pace at 52 home runs and have like 140 runs batted in or 130 and not even be in the top. They're not three. even in the. They're not even in the equation. We had the other thing about the. Um, what was Olson about 87? What was 80? The last two guys to do it were Chipper Jones and Henry Aaron. Oh, for extra bases, yeah. It was Chipper, Chipper and Henry. 87 yeah. extra bases, yeah. I mean, in Braves history. I mean, Freddie Freeman's at an unbelievable. But, I mean, how, how are you going to vote on that? Because the most valuable player, you want it to be a player that's helping his team win. You want it to be a player that has great statistics. You know, that's the problem when you got a guy who's had a great year and his team stinks, i.e. Mike Trout over the years, i.e. Shohei Otani. They're giving you exactly what you want. You want greatness on a great team. And now you got Dodgers, you got Braves, you got Acuna, you got Mookie Betts. How do you vote? How do you really say one? This is about valuable. Mm-hmm. How can you say one guy is more valuable than the other guy? Because I, I don't have it in front of me because my computer's on the other side. I, I think since the the run by Mookie and then what? Uh, Are you just gonna go based off just numbers? Well, Mookie's WAR right now seven point eight, and Acuna's is six point seven. What does that mean? Oh, I'm just telling you, like it's just showing you like the numbers they're both putting up, and that's the discrepancy in WAR just shows that. I mean, what do you? He's 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 got five more runs scored, or he he's OPS is ten points higher. I mean, what? They're both having unbelievable yeah. great years. This is the best season Mookie's. Ever. I mean, really, I'm gonna vote on WAR. We can't even figure out WAR. We've been showing what, like, what was the C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie Gore, two of the guys that have been playing in the big leagues for the Nats, have a better war than Juan Soto, but obviously Juan Soto is having a better year than those two guys combined. Come on. You can spin war in so many different ways. Was that his B-war or F-war? I think it was his B-war, actually. (laughs) Um, But you can spin that. You don't want Juan Soto's year versus C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie – we can spin these BS numbers all we want. Uh, that's why I like that the piece in the athletic. My whole thing, how do you pick? How do you pick? Mookie Betts, I guess you could say, has played second. He's played short. Yeah, He's done everything you want as a leader, but then you look at Acuna and go, man, well, look what this guy has done. I, I think He's a machine. Like, the Braves are the best team, and they've been the best team since the season started. But the Dodgers have come on strong the last two months. And if you take Mookie out of the lineup, I mean, you still have Freddie Freeman, but, I mean, J.D. Martinez is hurt, and a lot of their other guys aren't really producing at a high level like these, like Freeman and Betts are. Um, I would lean towards Mookie, and it'll be, it would be his second MVP award. Um, he won in 2018 with the Red Sox. So winning it in both leagues, and he's still only 30. It's tough to even go the schedule game because... Well, they're playing each other right now, which is great. You got Atlanta, really. The NL East has stunk this year. But but Miami's hanging in at 500. Philly is regrouped. Nat stink, Met stink. But then you look at Colorado and San Diego, they stink. And then you got Arizona, who's a few games over 500, and they're battling. So, but now that everybody plays everybody, it's tough to say, well, one guy is, I I don't know how you vote that. I don't know how you honestly, 
how you honestly make an educated, this guy's been better than this guy, and that's why he should be the MVP. This may be one of the closest races. This might be one of the best debates in the history of the game. I mean, you can go back to when DiMaggio hit in 56 straight, but Ted Williams won the Triple Crown, and Mm -hmm. Ted Williams' numbers were obviously better than DiMaggio's, but DiMaggio was a better defender, and he hit in 56 straight. And then after that one game, he took it over. He, what, hit in like 40-something straight after that? I mean, that's like, who do you you take? I think that's your – is that your Ted at 406, too? Is that the year he hit – I think it might be the year he hit 406. I don't know if that's the year he hit 400. Could be. Um, it just also reminds me, remember, was it, uh, what year was it, 13? Bonds and Pools had a close one or what, two. What about Trout and Cabrera, where Cabrera won because of the, he had, he had for the triple crown, but Trout's. Was, Clearly had a better year. Trout was unbelievable with war, stolen bases, home runs, run scored, everything. But what I love about this is you got two guys in their prime. Yeah. You're right. These guys are in their prime. They're on two great teams. I mean, I, if I had to vote, I. I'd probably go Mookie. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Mookie's the same. There's the but, but it's like it's like Mookie's got the same thing. Mookie's just more of an established player because Acuna was hurt when they won the World Series. He's younger, but they both play in great lineups. Yeah. They both play for great franchises, loaded franchises. I like the Mookie play second and short. He plays a lot That's of more That's a very few games, but, yeah, I guess you could give a little bit of an edge there. Yeah. Um, I think, and he's, I here's think, a question. He's better on defense too. Here's a question that I got. Is it possible when it's all said and done, Mookie Betts will be the best player from this generation and not Mike Trout? I think so. He's a winner. Because we always base guys. You off of all anointed Mike Trout the great. Ah, he's a sabermetric darling. He's an analytics darling. His war already puts him in the Hall of Fame. So does Mookie's. <laughs> so Mookie's two. When years this younger. is all said and done, because Mike Trout can't get on the field anymore, are we going to look back and go the best player of this time? We had already anointed it as Trout. Trout anointed. He's the best, Mike Trout. Is Mookie Betts going to be the best player of this generation of players? That no one would have said that. No. Everyone would lean Trout and Mookie wouldn't have been in the discussion, but his last few years have been incredible. Starting with that 18 year in Boston and then what he's doing this year. And it and and it, it to be said and it's and it's and it's dead on, he's a way cooler guy in LA than he is in Boston. Yeah. Like, all the personality, everything about Mookie, I don't know if that plays into it, makes you like the guy a little bit more. But in Boston, that's kind of the thing. Like, you've had you had Kevin Millar, you had Manny, Manny being Manny. Pedro. Pedro. But you don't really get a whole lot of personality. Poppy had tons yeah, of personality. But that's just that group. But for the most part, not, not huge personality come out of Boston, but – when you're in L.A., man, it really you really can shine it. And Mookie Betts seems like a different guy as a Dodger than as a Red Sox. And it's refreshing because we don't really hear a lot from Mike Trout, but Mookie we hear a lot more of, and he's always doing the mic'd up stuff, and he's also an incredible bowler. Think about that I would even bring up, that we all know Mike Trout's one of the best players we've ever seen. And all of a sudden you're like, damn, Mookie Betts slowly but surely is tracking as 
Trout just has fallen off. He literally has fallen off, and Mookie Betts is just reeling him in. Just reeling him in. Trout just can't stay healthy. I know he's getting, he's only like two years older, but he hasn't the he hasn't been able to uh, stay healthy. Um, Are you communicating with Johnny Gomes yeah, there on he, the side? Yeah, he has. He me, can't find this. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go grab him. So maybe we should. He break. can't walk up the stairs and walk uh, around. I don't, I don't know if he knows or anything. He's, That's the problem with these big league guys. They are such a nuisance. They need their hands held. It's unreal. All right, you want to break here? Yeah. All right, coming up next, one of the great Oakland A's of all time from a standpoint of leadership from Petaluma, one of my favorites, and I'll be doing TV with him later today, A's pre- and post-game live on NBC Sports California. Up next, Johnny Gomes right here on A's Cast Live. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. you got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better, all thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. All righty. You know, when you deal with these guys, big leaguers, I mean, just to get them to come up the stairs and walk around and find a conference room, I didn't realize it was that hard to get you just to walk upstairs and you got to have someone come get you and hold your hand. And Johnny Gomes is here on Ace Cast Live. I don't want to be high maintenance, but I got stuff going on, champ. Oh, yeah. I got stuff going on. We got Otani coming to the town. Oakland just played pretty well up in Seattle. You got to be I on the air at, at 630. You, you got a big day ahead of you. You're not on the air till 630. That's a we. That is a we. That's well, a I'm wee. on the air always. You are. The you're, the, you're the people's champ. How are you? Right on schedule, bud. NorCal, been up here for a while. You went home to Petaluma. I went to Petaluma, and you know where I swung by? I swung by Cal Berkeley, too, to check on that ball club over there. They got some guys over there. Well, I can't wait for yeah. them to be playing against, like, Wake Forest and Clemson and North Carolina. Get your frequent flyer miles. And the ACC. Right? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Head up to Toronto while you're there. Oh, Ooh. my God. Gosh. Take a little vacay in the Bahamas. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's like when you're, when, when you're on the Atlantic coast. I can't even follow what's going on. More power to you for knowing all that. I mean, that it's, that it's would a be hot like, mess is what it is. That would be like um, back in the day – you sign with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, and, yep. you, and you guys are playing in the NL West. Exactly. It's like putting a team in Hawaii and then putting <laughs> a team in Japan, sending one team from Japan over to the AL West. 
You got to head out there once a month. But we're worried about the kids and their education. Oh, that first, right? Yeah. NIL money, too. Pretty big deal. Yeah, we're worried about their education. Yeah. Um, how crazy is getting ready for it? So, by the way, I showed everybody the notes, and mm -hmm. I did the Angels in pink and the A's in green. Everything is about the Angels. None of it's good. It's a lot of pink. Um, it's a lot of pink because it's a lot of um, – can you imagine getting on the bus to come to the game today with the Angels and everybody's looking around going, who are you? Yeah, you who are wear, you? Yeah, you got to wear name tags. You got to wear name tags. There's a lot of new dudes. What do you think of all this? Um, well, I think from Jump Street, right, like it was kind of like with the Mets and then the fire sale up there too. Like you got to give them the flowers for trying. There's a, there's a lot of not trying in MLB, right? But, I mean, for them to – try I'll, I'll give them the flowers and then for them to mail it in so early right to get rid of these guys so the luxury tax goes down and their pick goes up a little higher that's another try but um how fast that backfired right that's like having a friggin that's like having a three and nine texas hold them and going all in early before the flop and, and then they call your bluff bye-bye and they called your bluff king high one Oops. But, yeah, I mean, and then I'd, I'd imagine Otani's going to be gone. Uh, this is going to be, I mean, even in the beginning of the season, right, we were talking about already selling the team. And then he pulled that back and keeping it. So, yeah, it's uh, the AL, AL West is in a little, little limbo, if you will. And what's weird is coming into this series, you think we're all just talking about Otani and this could be, oh, my God, a triple crown. And, I mean, I, you know, the, the pitching, but now with the UCL, that's a whole different thing. He still leads a bunch of categories in the American League. And it's hard to believe our first international global baseball star coming into Oakland for this series. We're not even talking about him. We're talking about – just what a dumpster fire they are as an organization. Yeah, these are two of the, you know, fourth and fifth place teams in the league going head to head. And we're going to see who has a little bit of fight. And you talk about like a job interview for everybody. This is an absolute job interview. He says, Johnny Gomes, this is for all you people out there. I don't care how old you are, especially if you're a younger person, but this is for everybody. Every day in your life is what? A job interview. Every pitch, every swing, IQ test, teammate test. Did you get your work in, get your early work? Did you watch your tape? Did you work out? You got a month left in the season. You got nothing to play for outside of yourself. You do. How good of a teammate are you going to be? I mean, guess who's also going to be in the stands after this series is a ton of scouts watching Texas, watching Seattle, watching Houston to prep for them. So guess who they're going to be watching? They're going to be watching you by default. So, granted, you want to be in that playoff race. Playing for October is the best thing you could ever do in Major League Baseball. But, um, yeah, if these games didn't count, they wouldn't play them. They wouldn't play them, and they count. And you're auditioning for all 29 teams other than your team. So, it really is the same thing for both the A's and the Angels. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's it's fun, man. It, it really is playing in September – looking at the scoreboard, looking at, you know, the first, second, third place, how many games are we out, how many games are we ahead. That's why you play. That's really it. And you don't really know that until you get a taste of it. And once you get a taste of it, you become starving for it. 
Um, that's why you're able to turn around these slumps in August and June and July. You know, you nip them in the butt early, so you do have something to play for. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that was, you know, some advice that I wish I would have got was like, yeah, man, like you have this uniform on, but everyone's watching at any given point. Everyone's watching. Ended up getting traded a couple times and like, oh, yeah, they really are watching. <laughs> yeah. You mean everybody's really watching these games? I thought it was just happening in St. Petersburg. No. No, they're actually everybody's watching. Yeah. And that's what, uh, you know, we're trying to talk about with the young players. And I'll let you explain it better than me because they're going to say you have more credibility to talk about it. It's the you need to learn how to play a full season. Yeah. And it's just not physical. It's mental. So for these guys, our players who have come up to, like, get through that finish line, it's like finishing, you've trained, and you've gotten through your first marathon. That allows you then to go into the offseason and go, wow. I got to change the way I work out. I got to change how I prepare mentally because it's such a mental grind to go with the physical grind. How important is it for the young guys, whether you're great, you stink, whatever, just to learn how to finish the race? Yeah, I think you'll figure out real quick as a player, it's a lot harder to stay in the big leagues than it is to get to the big leagues, right? To get to the big leagues, it's analytically driven. It truly is, especially these days to when you can just play a year and a half, two years in the minor leagues and your exit velocity is there, your average launch is there, you know, your war is there, your defensive range is there, boom, so you go, right? Back in the day, you had to put a good solid season in at five to six levels underneath. So it's analytically driven to get here. And then once you get here, it turns into a scouting report. Absolutely scouting report. You know, data is the new currency in Major League Baseball. Look behind home plate. Look at the catcher. He flips over that laptop that he has on his wrist. Those are all your holes, right? There's no more guessing, right? 2-2 two, two count, 2-1 two, count, run a score position. I go right to it, right? So these young guys got to figure out how to beat the scouting report of themselves, right? It, the number one thing to succeed as a young guy is you got to self-evaluate. You have to know what you're good at, and you have to know what you're not good at. And what you're not good at, you're going to be seeing a lot more of that. How would you go about that as a young player? you got to self-evaluate, right? You, you have to understand, like, what you're not good at. And it, and it takes, takes a while, especially as a young guy. You hit an inside fastball for a home run, you can just mail that inside in fastball for two weeks. You're not you're not getting another one. And it's just all sample size, and you have to change, and you have to change, you have to change to your success because you don't have a big track record. You don't have a big scattering report. So you swing and miss at a slider. I remember coming up, you swing and miss at a slider, and then saw 10 consecutive sliders right after that. And you got to prove that you can hit it before they go somewhere else. You hit the ball to left field, they're going to give you a little pull this way. You hit the ball to right field, they're going to give you a little pull that way. So, I mean, as the success comes, at the same time, it's baseball is a human element, so you are going to get mistakes. They try and go inside, and it leaks over. So that's the other thing. is you got to hammer that. you got to hammer that. There's, you don't get many mistakes in the big leagues. The ones that do get hammered, and when they get fouled back, that's when you got to go into grind mode. And then you jump on a plane, and you got to do it every single day and all over the place. And, you know, with the, you know, the interleague, and not really the interleague, so, I mean, DH is all over, so you're playing all 29 other teams. It's uh, it's a grind, and you find that out real quick. I love how you put that. You got to self evaluate. You got to figure out because they're gonna figure out what your holes are. Real and, quick. And and you know the whole thing too. I, I find 
especially at this time of the year where we're like, oh, it's a big leisure. There's so much bad pitching. Yeah. There is so much bad. Like, I was, like, like Zach Neal's a cool story. That yep. is a really cool story. And whether you're talking about Zach Neal or whoever, it just goes to show we need bodies. We need bodies that can throw innings and get outs. I don't care if you're 34, 24. I don't care if you throw 100. I don't care if you throw 50. I just need you, whoever you are, random player, to go get me four or five innings because my bull- I wasted my bullpen months ago. Like that guy, like, and that's why I bring up Zach Neal because the story's good. First win with the uh, A's since 2016. That's a cool story, right? He was about to retire. But I'm thinking about going, I need Zach Neal and three, four other guys like him hovering in AAA. I want to have my top guys, but I need three or four Zach Neals who I'm going to need throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why Major League Baseball is one of the coolest sports, if not the coolest sport to watch. I mean, there's no like 30-year-old that's going to pop up in the NBA. There's no 30-year-old that's going to pop up and be a starting quarterback just out of the blue, right? So, I mean, baseball, you see that often. You do, and I think it's so great that there's these guys always can stay in the fight in the minor leagues, and you go to Japan, you go to Korea, you go to Mexico, you grind it out, and you come back. Baseball players are grinders, right? And I, and I love watching those success stories. At the same time, I love watching a young Acuna come up ready at 19 years old, right? I think our game is in a good spot, and there's always room for the success stories. Uh, to see the emotion from Neil after his start in uh, Chicago, you don't see that interview either at, at other sports, right? You don't see a dude breaking down halfway through the season emotional like in the NBA. That's just what they're cut out for. Um, again, why the, why the game of baseball is best sport. But, yeah, I mean, you, you got to have talent. You got to be deep. You know, you're going to start season with 26. You're probably going to use 36 to 42. You got to be deep, and the clubs at the top are the deepest. Yeah, I want to ask you about Mookie and Acuna because that, I mean, it's kind of flip a coin. Uh, before we do that, anything about the A's young players that you like that has stood out? Well, I mean, there's that glaring stat of those stolen bases from Ruiz, right? And, I mean, I look at Ruiz, and I broke him down the other day, and his offensive, like, numbers are so bad, right? <laughs> Like in a in a young no like in a young analytical way like yeah. free swinging you know chasing pitches off the plate now listen if he's able to tighten this up not a swing overhaul by any means like an approach overhaul, he's got hands and coordination he can swing it it's all there and I love I mean I was there too right every young guy if you're not a superstar are up at the plate just wailing at balls because you're so stoked to be in the big leagues and all that stuff. And there's an adjustment, and sometimes it takes three, four, five, six years. Sometimes it takes one offseason. But for this dude to have 50-plus stolen bases and him getting on base is atrocious. Like, he has 16 walks. When Ricky Henderson stole 130, Ricky Henderson had 116 walks. Right? He's coming in at a 243 clip. Like, he's chasing a lot of balls, you know, off the plate. So to have... 52 stolen bases and hit 340 or higher with runners in scoring position. That's a dude. And not know what he's doing at the plate yet. That's the guy that sticks out to me. And he's kind of just fitting over to left field, so now he can play left and center. Like, he's a cheat code, man. He gets on first and two pitches later he's at third. Like, what? I mean, and then along the same lines as these young guys hitting behind him, just take, right? Don't you want to be in a situation with a sack fly? 
Right. Oh, it drives me nuts all the right. time. So he's at early, first pop early up, in the season. Pop up. And it wasn't even, it would be Tony Camp. It would be, be like, yeah. why are you swinging? Let him go. Let him go, right? And then just, what? I mean, take a couple pitches. Be comfortable 0-2. Be comfortable 1-2. Because if he gets to second, you roll a ball over in the five hole, you just get rewarded with an RBI. Right, let him get to second. Third base has to get a little bit on the line, a little bit closer. Opens up that hole. Shortstop's going to be holding them on. Second base is going to be holding on. Those gaps shorten up. The field opens up. So I mean, letting him do his thing, and then the guys behind him have to be doing their thing. I mean, yeah, he's uh, he's. I, I I like what I see. I mean, there's a ton of upside. That's what Carney Lansford always talked about. The second time, because he had the first time, but then the second time around with Ricky, where it was a lot easier, where you got to learn to have that patience when you have a guy like that out there. Totally. Because you want to swing, but you also know you got to suck it up and let him go. Yeah. I mean, I play with a guy like Carl Crawford, you know, Jacoby Ellsbury. Devil Rays. Yep. Jacoby. Not Rays, Devil Rays. There's Jacoby Ellsbury in there. There's a, you know, a Drew Stubbs, uh, Coco Crisp here. Like, just be patient out there, man. I mean, hitting with runner in scoring position, the difference with a runner not in scoring position and scoring position is just 90 feet. It's just first to second, right? And then now shortstop has to honor him. Second base has to honor him. Third base has to get a little closer. That infield opens up. You start to hit with runner in scoring position. You're starting to get some points on the board. There you go. One of the best things around here that we will do to keep ourselves occupied is – Tell Johnny to tell Lou Pinella stories. Son, 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 son. Lou stories are the, you know, we we remember Lou because they. I I was thinking about you in the Mariner series because they yep. they showed Lou a couple times and then you know you think about him in Cincinnati, but Lou Pinella with the Devil Rays, coming back obviously super established the big name he's from the area he's from Tampa. So to bring him back. But it's amazing how Lou didn't know who you guys were, probably never learned who a lot of you guys were, didn't care who you guys were. But there was something about Lou and the way he went about his business that he actually taught you guys things and you didn't even know he was teaching you things. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, from Jump Street, looking at it now, I mean, you just go look at Lou's like ejections, which are gone these days, right? Aaron Boone has a couple good ones, but that's that was the flow of traffic, and the reason he's going out there is because he like totally had your back, and he went out there a lot of times just knowing he was wrong, but he had your back, and when the manager has your back, that's um. You, you want to go out there and you want to grind for that guy, right? That's your head first slide. That's your dive in the outfield. That's wearing a pitch on the inside with bases loaded anyway and a bad matchup to get that run across the board. So all that hard work that goes in between the lines is obviously for yourself, but it's to honor someone. Maybe it's the pitcher that's on the mound on defense or definitely the manager. The manager is the only person leaving with a win-loss record. I don't know what my win-loss record is. Everyone knows what the manager's win-loss record is. So, I mean, the way you play is a tribute to him having your back. And, yeah, there's some beautiful Lou Pinello stories out there. All right, so one that I love is that he taught a group of young Devil Rays Mm -hmm. about you need to show up ready to go every day. Yeah. Now, I think it's easy to yell at a guy. I think it's easy to question a guy. I think it's easy to throw a guy on the DL. 
There is one story about teaching one guy and everybody observing, and they learn from it too. So Lou Pinella has – it was Jorge Cantu, I believe it was. I think some – might have been someone else. But, yeah, there, yeah, it was one of those guys. It was a promising young Ray. Yeah. Who comes in and doesn't like the pitching matchup that day and all of a sudden isn't feeling so hot. Yep. Isn't feeling so hot. I don't know if it was hamstring or oblique or whatever. Can't go today. Um, okay, you know, that's fine. Son, sit it out, son. Son, 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 you're fine. Go in the training room, get your treatment. We need you. We need you. Go get healthy. First of all, he doesn't know anybody's name. He calls everybody son. Some guys aren't good with names, right? <laughs> son, son, son. So, yeah, it goes in the next day, not in the lineup. It's okay. Next day, not in the lineup. Third day, not in the lineup. Goes up to Lou. It's like, Lou, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Son, 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 I need you to take it easy. I want you to be 100%. Let's take another day off. Now, all of you were watching this. Yeah, yeah. And then it was end up probably was about six days, Lou Saddam, when the kid just wanted one off, right? And then he turned into a dog after that and never pulled on his shirt to come out of the game again. And those are the little things like that of, of a manager and – you know, he went off and had a freaking great career, drove in a whole bunch of runs. But, you know, teaching guys to be tough, right? Like that one little thing, not only did it teach him, but it taught all of us. Because he's like, I don't know why I'm not playing. I don't know why I'm not playing. He's like, oh, you know, relax, relax, get healthy, get healthy, take it easy. Um, but, yeah, it was <laughs> Lou Pinnell, he's a gem. I mean, think about that. You could have easily had a team meeting. You could have easily wore that guy out in front of everybody. He basically said, I'm going to make an example out of this guy. Yep. And I'm not going to flip out. I'm just not going to play him. And I have the power to do that. And all you guys were watching. Because you guys had to be all saying, wow, this guy's not playing it still. Guess how many days I spent on the DL and guess how many games I came out of from 2001 to 2016. Zero. 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 Lou Pinello told, taught you up here, you better be ready to go when I call on you. Yeah. Now, if you're seriously injured, that's sure, one thing. it happens. Yeah. But if Randy Johnson's on the mound and you show up going, oh, my hammy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be ready when that bell rings. Yeah. Lou had some great players, and he, he did tons of stuff in between the lines in the clubhouse that he probably doesn't get a lot of credit for, but um, – yeah, as a young kid, being that's my first manager, first big league manager, <laughs> Lou freaking. Yeah, my first big league camp, I got Lou Pinella running the show, and at my locker to my right, I got Fred McGriff, and to my left, I have Tino Martinez. It's seven hundred years of big league service <laughs> for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays to really kick it off. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. We gotta go. We gotta go. There's a big game tonight. You excited? Yeah, yeah, September 1. Well, J.P. Sears, I'll tell you what, I know things haven't been great for J.P. Sears, but the fact that you've got a young pitcher who is now going to pitch the whole season. Mm -hmm. Getting back to how important certain things are. We talked to David Force. By the way, I don't know if we're going to play it on TV today. I asked David Force about you. And what do you remember about Johnny Gomes? And one of the things was your robe. Jeez. <laughs> I hit some friggin' homers for that guy, too. <laughs> I remember oh the gosh. robe. I sprayed, I sprayed champagne in the clubhouse. Yeah, your robe and your leadership. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, I had my work cut out with a young Josh Donaldson and a young Josh Reddick. 
That was tougher to babysit those two than my own kids. People don't remember, and people may not even know, that let's just say they weren't the best of friends. No. No. But we ironed it all out, and by the end they were. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, those were two really, really interesting characters. Uh, probably, you know, my hardest projects, I guess. Ever? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the young guys in Tampa were just like superstars. They were good. Uh, I went to Cincy. There's a young Jay Bruce, a young Joey Votto that, you know, almost triple crowned the league. This guy doesn't need any help. Uh, bouncing around all over different places. I had a young Ian Desmond um, in Washington, a young Will Middlebrooks in uh, Boston. But, yeah, those two guys, they were tough. They were tough, and they were really good and ended up winning. Josh won a championship, you know, with Houston. He did really good. Donaldson goes and gets an MVP. He's in the playoffs all the time. They can't even get rid of him. He just gets released by New York, pops up with Milwaukee. Yep, we'll take him. Brewer great Josh Donaldson, yep. our old buddy. I we'll was, see. I always love Josh Donaldson because I think there has to be somebody who is that guy. Yeah. That guy in the room, like in your group of buddies, there's always going to be that buddy that you love. He's one of the, you know, you grew up with him. You love this guy, but he's got a little you-know-what in him. The guy's also got an MVP on his trophy, on his trophy. But wall. even before that, like yeah. you, get, you need somebody who brings that edge. But yeah, I mean, I tell people all the time, he was he was elite good in his head before he was elite good. And looking back on it, what a skill to have! Like he he knew he was going to get there. He well, knew fake. he was going to get there. He comes up. Was it oh nine or check this out, Cody? He comes up in oh nine or oh ten. He's a catcher. Yeah, he plays two games at the Sky Dome, and then gets sent back down, and we don't hear from him for years. Two thousand ten mm-hmm. comes down two thousand ten, and it's not till twelve where he comes back. Think about it. And he's it yeah. was a catcher, and now what we all know Josh Johnson as a premier third baseman. I roll into big league camp spring training two thousand twelve right right after a big off-season sell everyone away, right? I go to camp, and I've been in the game for a while. Like, I know everyone who's playing. And I go into camp, and I know, like, four dudes. I'm like, whoa. With the A's? Yeah. Whoa, this is... <laughs> this it's going to be rough. We got our work cut it's out. It's going to be a lot of vodka yeah. on the way to Japan. Yep. And we have pitchers BP, which is, like, you know, sim game against the pitchers. There's this kid, he's wearing like 92 or something. It's kind of jacked a little bit, squatty, catcher, third base guy, gets in there in Mesa and just blasts the ball over the scoreboard. And I look around like, who's that? And they're like, oh, he's just this double-A kid, like tough to talk to, thinks he's super cool. And I was like, no, 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 no. No one else is doing that. This dude just went over the scoreboard, oppo. That doesn't happen on accident. Like, there's action in there for sure. And they're like, oh, no, he's played double A. I'm like, all right, get out of the way. I'll take it from here. This is a guy. I knew it right away. He, he was a guy. I go to Bob Melvin. I'll stop talking to him, talking to him. They're like, you like him? What? You guys are morons if you don't like this kid. And, uh,. I was pretty bummed out when he didn't make the club. And then he gets called back up. 
Uh, Scott, Scott Sizemore hurts his knee. Yep, he doesn't do that well. He gets sent back down, and then he gets called back up. I want to say it was Baltimore. I think we're in Baltimore. And um, yeah, we rode to the field together, and I was like, you know, bro, you're running out of chances unless you can pitch. Like, this is it. It's go time. And he's like, oh, yeah. No, I got it. Yeah, I'll be fine. I'm like thinking in my head, wow, like this guy's just calm, cool, and collected hitting 200. Oh, it wasn't 200. <laughs> yeah, it was, was his on base. He called me. This is a just true story. Josh Donaldson's getting – so Skysmore gets hurt. Scott Sizemore gets hurt, hurts his knee taking ground balls. Josh Donaldson takes over. Josh Donaldson's hitting point zero eight four. Sure. Sent back to Sacramento. On the way back to Sacramento, he calls into my talk show. And my producer in the head goes, Josh Don- this guy claims he's Josh Donaldson. He's driving back to Sacramento. Because I was talking college football, and he's a big college football guy, right? He went to Auburn. So I'm like, all right. I took the phone call. JD, I talked to him for like 20 minutes live on the air as he's driving back to Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Who does that? Yeah. He's so pro. I love that kid. And then he comes back, and then the rest is history. I mean, all the way history. Tons of most mo- votes. What year was that? 2015 or six? Most votes for the All-Star game. Yeah. The All-Star game. Cover the video game. MLB the show. Cover. And then 2014, when I came back in the trade, that team, they should, we should, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, what happened to that team I don't down know, the stretch? But, like, you guys were terrible down the stretch. Terrible. Um, it was literally just, like, one through nine in the lineup, just waiting for Josh to come back. <laughs> waiting for Josh to come back. <laughs> and he would do something. And he would do something. He was literally carrying the whole His ball first year back, he spent more time – in the A's clubhouse when the Jays came here. And after the first night, he wrote this super long text to Bob Mel. I didn't read it, but Bob Melvin told me he wrote this. And it was apologies. It was all this kind of stuff. Uh, brought tear to, tears to Melvin's eyes. It was like yeah. I said, from an ex-player, it was one of those emotional, heartfelt, well-thought-out, super long text to Bob Melvin from Josh Johnson. He spent the whole three days hanging out in the A's clubhouse. Yeah, that guy's well-loved. He's a Oakland A's history, right? He's well-decorated third base. Him and Chavi, probably, you know, two of the tops to ever do it here. Bando, Chapman, they've had pretty pretty decent run of th- third base. They man. have. All righty. Okay. I'll see you in uh, half. About an hour. Game, set, match. Do you be September ready 1st. to go? Are you going to bring it? I, I'm driving the bus, buddy. You're driving the bus? I'm driving the bus. It's like I'm driving the boat and you're the skier. You got to follow me. So I'm just showing up and make up and me. looking good yeah. today? Is that, that That's, that's all it. I'm doing today? You set them up. I knock them down. All right. Okay. Got to be that easy. You do all the reads, too. I suck at those. <laughs> Coming up next, <laughs> it's the Mark Kotze Show right here on A's Cast Live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You need to redo your wardrobe, especially for summer. They got new colors, new styles. Summer is here. The polos, unbelievable. The shorts, you name it, we got our new order. My wife is the happiest one out of all of us because I look better, thanks to Link Soul. And they've got unbelievable deals right now for the summer. So what are you waiting for? Shirts, polos, shorts, you name it. You go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the A's Road Studio, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Now time for the Mark Kotze Show right here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live, brought to you by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Check out their location in the Bay Area, or you go online, nestbedding.com, for all your bedding needs, your mattress, your pillows, your sheets, you name it. Nest bedding, and of course, Mark Kotze sleeps on a nest bedding bed. Good to be home, and finally, uh, a little homestand here. Yeah, we got a six-game homestand. Uh, it seems like we've been traveling every Wednesday over the last month, which I think we actually have. But uh, yesterday, a good off day for the guys, um, and you know, a, a day that I think everybody kind of needed uh, after that road trip. And uh, you know, we're we're here today. We're ready to go, and facing an Angels team that um, basically is a new team for the most part. <laughs> how do you, I mean, it literally, it is a new team. Like, how do you guys prepare? Is it like trying to find a bunch of video? I mean, because we heard from their personnel today, like their guys are saying, we've got a bunch of new guys showing up and we've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, I mean, you know, with the moves that they made, it, it was uh, basically with the September call-up, happening today, which which we added two players, Tyler Sokstrom and, and uh, Sammy Long, who've both been here with us. But uh, for the Angels, it was a, a roster move that, that they had to make and fill um, seven spots. So there's five new arms and, and uh, two new position players to the roster, um, you know, all of which we've, you know, seen at some point either this season or in AAA or AA. Um, so there's plenty of data. There's plenty of video um, to, to get some information on and, and help us uh, game plan. We talked to you about when Soderstrom went down, you had that conversation with him, what you wanted him to work on. Did you see that happen in AAA? And what do you expect from him the rest of the way? Yeah, I, I think, you know, Tyler came in today, uh, a great smile, good attitude. Um, you know, obviously thankful to be back here. Um, you know, his time in AAA, he did get some hits. He did build some confidence, um, you know, and I think, you know, the the time away from here, um, you know, we'll see how, how it did and uh, how it impacted him uh, when he gets in there. He's not in the lineup tonight, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely get him his opportunities. Uh, and it's, uh, it's good to have Sammy back as well. You know, when you think about sending a player back down, you're hoping they're going to get that confidence back. You know, there's going to be some disappointment. But do you think that because of his age that he's not going to have the same disappointment it would be for a guy who's older? You know, no, I think for any player when you get sent down, there's there's that disappointment, um, you know, on, on many levels. Um, you know, Tyler has a lot of good friends here in this locker room. Um, you know, Geloff is and him were roommates. Um, you know, they've all played together at some point this season for the most part. If you think about the roster right now in Geloff and, and uh, you know, Jordan Diaz, Jonah Bride, 
um, you know, Lawrence Butler. Um, so they, they all, you know, at some point when you get that experience, whether you're an older player or a younger player coming up or down, um, you know, it's, it's impactful for everyone, really. You know, when you think about some of the names that didn't get called up, how, what was the conversation like for Hernandez and, and Brett Harris? Well, Hernandez has been there, you know, he's only been in AAA now for two months, possibly a month and a half, and he's having success. So, yes, it's, you know, it's obviously a difficult situation when you look at the numbers and say, okay, you know, by the numbers, he's probably earned a chance. Uh, to be here, and he still can be. You know, the AAA season now goes all the way till September 24th. So these guys are still playing. Um, they're still competing. It's not like it used to be if a team in the minor leagues didn't make the playoffs at September 3rd or 4th, the season was ended, and guys went home. And it was harder to, to pull guys, you know, back uh, that, that had been at home for a week or two if there was injury or, or uh, you know, if you wanted to make an adjustment to the roster. So there's still an opportunity to get him here. Um, you know, we want him to continue doing what he's doing. Uh, you know, he's getting a chance to play shortstop, play third base. Uh, on the Brett Harris, um, you know, promotion, if you're looking at that one, uh, you know, we want him to, to – he had a nice night last night, a couple home runs. Um, so continue to do that, continue to play third base, and, and continue to perform, really. When you think about Lawrence Butler from where he started with you to where he is now, what have you seen in his growth? Yeah, you know, I think obviously getting a walk was huge. Um, I think he had gone 50-plus at-bats without having a walk. So, um, But that being said, he's taking great at-bats. The quality of the at-bats good. He competes with two strikes. Um, the power is definitely there. We saw that uh, on Wednesday in Seattle with another home run to right center. When he impacts the baseball, he can he can hit it a long way. So, it was a bomb. It was a bomb. It was a bomb. <laughs> and, um, you know, Lawrence, I think, is, is – right where he needs to be with, with his growth, with his development. You know, we talked about him earlier in the day a little bit just on in terms of where he's come from uh, in the last two years and probably the most improved uh, Oakland athletic in our system, um, and he's showing it right now at the major league level. Where do you see him long-term defensively? I think he's, we saw a better game Wednesday, more aggressive. I think that's what we've been asking him, to just trust his instincts. I think all these guys – when they get here, they just are afraid to fail. They're afraid to make those mistakes. And I'd rather see the aggressive mistake um, and go, going after balls um, with the intent to catch everything that's hit in the air. And I think Wednesday we saw him. He played a little shallower. He was explosive off the bat. There was a first step there um, that, that we're talking about. And, uh, and really that's the biggest thing, I think, for, for Lawrence is just trusting his instincts. And I think he can play center field. I really do. How important is that for you? to let these guys know, hey, listen, let her rip, let her go. If you're going to make a mistake, doing it, doing it with your hair on fire. Because I understand what you're saying. Like, you're here, you're new, you don't want to mess up. I mean, obviously, all these games are on television, a bad mess up gets you on MLB Network over and over again. How do you as the manager go to the guy saying, don't worry about it, just let her go? Yeah, I think that's the conversation, really, and building that confidence in them that they know – you know, a mistake isn't going to get them sat on the bench. A mistake is, is the way we learn here. And, uh, you know, my mentor and, and uh, the, the great late Augie Garrido always said, you learn more from failure than you do from success. So um, really that's kind of my, my continuing message is, 
you know, the only way we're going to get better is if we learn from the failures. And the only way to, to make those failures is if you're, you know, you're doing things aggressively and with the mindset that, uh, you know, you're not going to make a mistake, but if the mistake happens and you evaluate. I know A's fans thought that Zach Geloff would never have a bad game and that every game there was going to be something very special going on, but things start to change a little bit adjustments. He starts making adjustments. The the other team starts making adjustments against you. And then all of a sudden you go some games without getting hits. Uh, just talk us through the process of what you're seeing with him. Yeah. I, you know, for Zach, he's, he's doing great. And like you said, I think the expectation level, because he's been so good um, for the time he's been here is, is that it continues like you talked about, but uh, this game at this level, you're going to go through, your ups and downs. You're going to have a weekend or a series where, you know, you hit balls at guys. You you know you get borderline strike called against you, which we saw in Seattle, um, you know, a little bit. And, and I think you know for Zach, it's just he hasn't changed. He comes prepared every day, the same mindset, the same attitude. So that's the great sign is that you know even though um, in Seattle, you know, he didn't have a uh, a series of expect expected. Uh, you know, results wise, but I thought his at bats were still good. Shay Langoliers, I've started to notice a new confidence in him. And I got to talk to him before you guys went on the last road trip after he had a big home run and just not the home runs. It seems like he's squaring it up. He's more comfortable. Obviously, a long season. He's dealt with so many different pitchers. Are you now seeing something different, especially at the plate with Shay Langoliers? Well, yeah, I think there's you know obviously less swing and miss of late. I think he's made the adjustment um, to you know understanding you know the swing that's going to work for him, um, and you know believing in it really and trusting it. It's it's hard to make these adjustments at the big league level, and uh, and you you generally want the result now. Um, and he went through a good stretch of at bats trying to figure out the adjustments. And he stuck with the process, and I think that we're seeing the results because of it. How about Jordan Diaz at third? Have you seen improvement there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one play, the ball got away from him um, last road trip, drawing a blank on what game that was, but he threw one away deep deep in the hole, made a great diving play, got up and rushed his grip. Um, and I think I was in the White Sox series. Launched one, um, but it was great to see him get back make the next play, get a good throw off. Um, I think in Seattle, you know, Julio Rodriguez, we can talk a little bit about him and the superstar he's, he's turned into uh, on the ball that he kind of rolled over softly to Jordan and Jordan took one extra step before he get let it go. And the superstar beats a ground infield single out, you know, and that says a lot about Rodriguez as much about him as it does Jordan kind of figuring out the speed of the game as well. Yeah, the the Seattle Mariners. You you walk. You come away from that series. I, this is a red hot ball club, and I wouldn't bet against them. Obviously, we have a long way to go with the Rangers and the Astros. You know how good they are, but just your impressions now that uh, you're out of Seattle, how good they've become. Oh, that's a good ball club. They're well, they're well uh, versed. They're they're trained well. Um, you know, they have a deep lineup. Their arms coming out of the bullpen are unbelievable. Um, you know, and for us to, to literally, we had a chance to, to win two out of three against them. And, uh, we let that game on Wednesday, get away from us in the seventh, a uh, couple balls that, you know, obviously a couple elevated pitches that become bleeders into the outfield, as opposed to ground balls, if they're down in the zone, 
uh, it's a different result. And we win two out of three from that team, which was they're the hottest team in baseball. So it says a lot about, you know, our growth, our improvements. Um, you know, we're getting more competitive uh, as we as we get into this thing a little further. And um, those are all good signs as well. But that Seattle club is is there to stay, really. It is. Zach Neal has given you some really good innings. And I hear what people are are saying, and, and I know what people are thinking. They're like, Zach Neal, you're like, no, wait a minute. you got to realize. In baseball now, we just don't have enough arms, and it's a long season, and you're going to have to have multiple Zach Neals, guys that you can have come up, give you four or five innings, maybe for three different starts. These guys are becoming more and more valuable, no matter what their age is, no matter what their background, no matter what their data is, no matter what their velocity. You need you need people who can give you get you outs and give you innings. We need more of these guys. It's very apparent around baseball. But just talking about him as a veteran guy who was thinking about hanging it up, who got a win for you, hadn't got a win since 2016. You've been around this game for a long time. I have to feel that was pretty special in the clubhouse when that went down. Yeah, it really it really was. Um, you know, for Zach, I mean, tearing up, um, emotional. You just see that the, the, the work that he's put in, the perseverance, you know, the journey um, coming to like a culmination that day of like, you know, Wow, I just I I won a big league game, you know, for a club that you know believes in me that brought me back here, um, and and it was just it was rewarding really in all all facets. And like you talked about these these guys that are you know journeymen or they just know how to pitch and they know how to miss barrels. And he made one bad pitch on Wednesday to Hernandez that that you know got away from him on a changeup in a big situation with two outs that cost him really a, another win, really, if I look at it that way. Um, but to have guys that can manage a game that can give you five innings, five or six innings and, uh, and keep you in a game that, like you said, the, the, there's no value that goes into that. Yes. Is, he, is this stuff going to be overpowering or people going to talk about him as a future? No, but to get through a season, these guys are the guys that are the, the real unsung kind of heroes behind the scenes. Are you kidding me? There's been times this year I want to dust you off and get you out there back on the mound. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, let's end on this. How much are you walking around right now? I don't know if it's in the clubhouse. I know you like to give the guys their space or you're walking around during batting practice and you're just continuing that message to these guys. Finish strong, finish strong, 28 games left. How much do you continue? You had that, you had that talk with the team, but how much are you reinforcing that message? You know, I, I, when it needs to be reinforced, it will be. Um, I thought that the, the series in Seattle was a statement. Like I talked about, we went up there and competed, not, you know, we got beat the first night. Um, but, but the, the next two games we competed and um, you know, we get to see him again. Um, obviously, you know, tonight with this Angels team, um, you know, we're going to come out and, and uh, it's a different lineup. It's, it's a different group, um, you know, but I think for our guys, their mindset's in, in the right place. They're all in the weight room. They're all working. They're all, you know, continuing to grind. And, um, you know, from my coaching staff, we're continuing to teach. We're continuing to take every day. And those conversations are, you know, more of just, um, hey, here's what you're working on. Here's what we need to see improvement with, you know, over the next 28 games. This is where you're going to end up. This is where we want you to end up. Um, and and I think, you know, as a group, they they want that as well. And, uh, you know, all of them know they have something to prove or something to, to do 
um, to whether it's solidify their job next year or to earn their job right now. It's the Mark Kotze show right here on A's cast and A's cast live brought to you by Nest betting. Love where you sleep, go to their location in the Bay area or go to nestbedding.com for your mattress, your pillows, your bedding, everything that you need. Nest bedding and nestbedding.com. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Tony. Thanks. And that's Mark Kotze, A's manager. That's going to do it for A's cast live. We want to thank A's general manager, David Forrest. Johnny Gomes and Mark Kotze for joining Chris Townsend and I on Ace Cast Live. Ace Total Access with Jessica Kleinschmidt brought to you by Chevron is up next. Ace Cast Live will return on Tuesday on the field at the Coliseum before the A's and the Blue Jays. But coming up next, Jessica Kleinschmidt and Ace Total Access, and we'll talk to everyone on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, and thank you for listening and watching Ace Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. you got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better. All thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.